0: Let's begin today's
1: discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Steve Gordon, who is founder of Unstoppable CEO, a company specifically designed to help professional service business leaders approach their companies with a new way of thinking to allow a breakthrough to real freedom with a business that grows more and more with less and less effort from you. Steve has developed marketing strategies and client attraction systems for businesses in over 30 industries, and he helps get the businesses back on track to grow independently, allowing CEOs to reclaim their own independence and freedom. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most powerful tools Steve believes in, and he thinks that CEOs should be using it to market their own businesses. We'll learn what has worked from Steve's experience, what maybe could be avoided, and where people are missing the mark. Steve, welcome.
1: Hey, Stacey. Thanks for having me.
0: I am super happy to be here today with you because I know there are so many things that you're going to be talking about that I as a CEO could learn from so that I can unfetter myself a little bit more from my own business. So thank you for your time that you're going to be spending with us. Could you start off by sharing a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are today?
1: Sure. So I like to tell people I'm a recovering engineer. So I started off uh, in life with a, a technical degree. Um, my degree is in this little tiny field of engineering called geomatics. And I got hired out of college um, as the 10th employee at a little consulting firm here in Florida and uh, was there for about four years and then was asked by the CEO to take over and, and run the business as CEO and then ultimately um, be kind of his exit plan. And so at the ripe old age of 28, I was running a company and not knowing what I was doing at all. Um, and so I got uh, I got a lot of on-the-job training um, and uh, paid some, some expensive tuition at the School of Hard Knocks. So with that business, we were able to grow that um, revenue-wise by about 10 times. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great team. Um, I realized through the course of that that the thing that I loved doing wasn't so much the technical work, but really enjoyed sales and marketing. And I knew that a lot of the service businesses that, you know, I – were friends of ours and you know folks in, in our industry and related industries, really struggled with how do we go get clients, particularly when they you know they felt like maybe they weren't natural at selling And I had always approached it from a systems perspective like how can I build a, a system that will sort of deliver me a client and do it without me having to spend all my time. Uh, on on business development. And so uh, I decided to, in 2010, to go off and start helping businesses do that. And so I've been doing that for uh, almost 10 years now.
0: Well, I think you may hold the keys to the Magic Kingdom with that.
1: Let's hope, let's hope, right? We'll find out in about an hour.
0: (laughs) That's good. I I have a feeling from what I've read about you that you do. So can you start off telling people and sharing with them, you know, what are some of the common mistakes CEOs make? You know, what is it that business owners go in and think that they're going to do, and and where do they actually end up?
1: Well, when it when it comes to marketing, I think the first and fundamental mistake is going too broad. Um, I had a client that he described his market as anyone with a heartbeat and a wallet, and you know it's impossible when your definition of a potential client is that broad to actually create a message that's meaningful to any of them. And so I think that the biggest mistake is not focusing um, on on who you really want to be a hero to in your business. And when you get that focus, all of a sudden things open up. Opportunities that were there before, but you couldn't see them, they become visible to you. You're tuned into them. And I mean, we see it time and again with our clients. We come in and we sort of force them to narrow down their, their marketing focus and get their message really focused in on one particular type of client. And all of a sudden they start picking up momentum and speed because everything just gets easier when you're speaking to a specific group of people.
0: Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And so with all of the different things in marketing that one can do, and going sideways and going too broad with that. What are some other things that CEOs typically do that may hinder them a little bit in the process of running a business?
1: Well, I, I think the other big challenge is you know I look at it as the at the CEO as having really four roles, and so the, the first is to set the vision. For the organization, obviously. Second is to take that vision and translate that into a core message. So you're responsible for vision and message. The third is to take care of the relationships, the key relationships in the business, and those are internal and external. Um, and and then the the fourth is to look at from a, you know kind of a high level what are the systems that we need to get where we're going, not go and build all of the systems, but really begin to think about how do we put this together? And, um, and what I see most CEOs doing is a whole lot of other stuff that doesn't fit into any of those four buckets. And I, I think the, the whole game that we're playing in leading businesses is about stripping away everything that doesn't fit in those four buckets and getting them done some other way, whether it's automation or getting them delegated or however they get done, so that you can focus on the things that are going to move the business forward. Because at the end of the day, it's the relationships that are, are compelled by the vision that you have and compelled by the message that you're communicating to them. Um, And then the systems that deliver underneath that to create a result. And, and that's the business and everything else is just noise. I think we get distracted by it way too much. I think it's huge, huge mistake that, that most CEOs make. Yeah, I would agree with that,
0: and so really, what you are prophesizing here is working, not in the business, but working on growing the business. Yeah,
1: I, fundamentally, that's the the role of the leader, isn't it? Yeah, and it's hard to do, particularly in smaller organizations. It's really hard to do because you're wearing a lot of hats, mm-hmm. and so you've got to begin to look for ways to to create time where it doesn't currently exist. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, tell anyone that what they're doing currently is is wrong and they're bad, you know, but there's a better way. and um, And I know that getting there isn't necessarily an easy thing and it's not an overnight thing, but you want to begin working in that direction, I think, and getting there as quickly as you can. Okay, so there's a better way. How do they go about it? What's the first step? Well, so we could talk about it broadly across, you know, all business, um, you know, and and maybe that's the first place to start. Oftentimes, you know, we work with companies on their marketing, but particularly for smaller companies, when I'm working with the business owner, the first thing we have to do is free up time so that that business owner can work on the four things that we just talked about. Um, The fastest, simplest way to do that is to go hire an assistant. And I am shocked at the number of business owners that are walking around these days without having a, you know, personal executive assistant totally dedicated to them. Um, That'll instantly free up a pile of time. And now you can take that time and use it on your marketing and your message and the relationships that you need to grow the business. But until you can free that time up, you're, you're sort of stuck. And what else should someone do? Well, we obviously think marketing is pretty important, right? Because that's what we do. Uh, I think that's a big lever. So once you've got a little bit of time, then I think you want to be looking at how can I start to build systems that will take someone from being a complete stranger. In other words, they don't, they're not aware of our business, introduce them to the business and bring them along a journey so that they are prepared to become a client and um, and begin thinking about how how you're going to do that so there are really sophisticated ways of doing that and for bigger businesses those are often probably the more appropriate thing to do particularly if you've got a marketing team that can go and and create that for you and a sales team that can that can fulfill on those leads as they come in but if you're a smaller company you've got to find a way that's that's really leveraged where you're getting a lot of bang for for every bit of time that you put into it um, the, if, if we want to get right down into tactics, um, the, the tactic that we find is really highly leveraged. And before we started recording, you mentioned that you're the, the sort of the master at content repurposing, right? I am. It's this scary. Kind of a, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of a content repurposing strategy. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that, that we work with our clients on is to create for them a podcast. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we create a podcast for them is that it's at least for what we found, there's no better way, more powerful way to start a relationship in business than doing an interview like this. So if there's a prospect that you want to reach that has got all kinds of gatekeepers up and they're really difficult to get to, but maybe, maybe it's another business owner. Um, if you approach that, that business owner with an opportunity to promote their business to everyone that you know, they're going to say yes almost every time. If you go out to a center of influence, a referral partner, somebody who can refer you, whether, you know, they refer you massively to their 10,000-person their list of followers or, you know, just to their little circle of, of influence, and you want to connect with them and deliver value first and create reciprocity, there's no better way to do that than to invite them on to promote their business on a podcast. Right. Again, that covers creating relationships which is one of those key roles. And you can do that effectively in about four to five hours a month, which compared to trying to run around and network and, and do a lot of the things that, that a lot of people are doing now, um, you know, to, to build those relationships and hope that they meet the right people. Now you can do it in a really targeted way and a really time efficient way. Mm-hmm. But you get this great strategic byproduct out of that. You get really good content. You get an interesting conversation like the one we're having now Mm -hmm. with some really great information that you can then share with everyone in your pipeline and continue to nurture those relationships and educate them not only about what the, the person does who you're interviewing, but in every interview you're going to share a little bit of your point of view. And you're the one that shows up week after week after week sharing a little bit about you building a little more trust because they're hearing your voice, they're listening to you. Interact with this person, um, and if you're the one doing the selling, it's really interesting. You actually are giving that potential client a little picture of what it's like to be in a sales conversation with you. Even though this isn't a sales conversation, it's still a conversation. It's very similar to what they're going to experience. So you remove a lot of the barriers that are going to be there. Now, Stacey, I don't know about you. I don't. Know, you know, you've been podcasting for a long time. Um, I know with me. Um, when I go to conferences now, people will recognize me from our podcast and they'll come up and talk to me as if we're old friends. Cause I've told stories about my kids on the podcast. I've told stories about, you know, business and things that have happened to me and they'll come up and relate these things. And that's a total stranger to me. I've never met them. Right. But they think they know me.
0: hundred percent happens. Yeah. And it's one of the best ways to create a very authentic, real relationship even though it's a little one-sided because you don't necessarily know the person who's coming up to say hi.
1: Right. Well, but isn't it the job of marketing to create that feeling of relationship Mm -hmm. in the mind of the prospect? And so what we find is that with this little investment of time for a business owner, for an entrepreneur who is already time strapped, if they can make that little investment of time and have a team, whether it's an internal team or an external team that then takes it as soon as they end the interview and they take those files and they go process them and they get them on the web and they get them in email, get them on social media. And I mean, you, you could tell them all the places to, to repurpose it, right? Now you've got a really powerful way to show up. And it's very easy to create this content. You know, Content marketing is a powerful, powerful thing. But I will tell you that the vast majority of businesses struggle to actually make it happen because of the time and talent that is required to write content, to make it meaningful, to edit it, to do all that stuff. When you do an interview like this, it's just easy. You're just having a conversation and recording it so the world can eavesdrop.
0: That is a fantastic way of explaining it. And I think one of the most important things here is, you know, you're talking about having the CEO or the business actually treat themselves as their own client and put the time in so that as much time as you might be putting out for other clients, you're now actually investing it within your own business and creating it as an important cog to keep your own business going.
1: Absolutely. And and this can be done in a, like, again, in a really time leveraged way. So as the CEO, for a small little investment of time, if you've got a team behind you and we can talk about who you need on that team and costs and all that, if you want to, but, um, if you've got this team behind you, you're in, you're out, and you're doing the thing that you need to do, which is build those relationships to, and then communicate that message to set that vision and, um, and then have a system behind you that takes care of the rest. Um, and when you do that, you've now got this powerful little engine that just keeps running and running and running, and it doesn't take much effort for you to keep it going. And when I first discovered this, I was trying to, to, grow our current business. I was running around doing networking events and I was going to conferences and trade shows and I was speaking all over the place, trying to get in front of potential clients. And I was probably spending at least eight to 10 hours a week. So a full day or more. Usually that was a breakfast meeting, maybe a mixer at some point during the week after hours, you know, basically it was time away from my family. Um, And then I'd haunt a coffee shop and have (laughs) these coffee meetings with people stacked right to try and build these relationships. And most of the time what happened, what would happen is I'd, I'd meet someone and they would, uh, they'd come and we'd have this great conversation over coffee or lunch or whatever. We would both leave and promise that we were going to have one of those mythical mutually beneficial relationships. And then I'd never hear from them again.
0: Yeah. Despite best intentions. And it happens to everyone.
1: Yeah. And it's not their fault. They're busy. Yeah. But with this method, when I discovered I was able to go completely cold Turkey on all of that networking, cut back speaking tremendously. And now I'm able to build relationships with, uh, with, you know, people like you with, uh, with other influencers, oftentimes because we build a really great relationship, we'll then find other ways to collaborate, you Mm -hmm. know? So maybe I'll do a presentation via webinar to all of the people in their network. Maybe we'll host them and have them do one to everyone in our network. Um, There are lots of ways to develop collaboration out of these types of interviews. It's just really, really effective. And you start the, the relationship off without it being about sales at the beginning. So you're really building a friendship, a business friendship based on value at the beginning. And then it's just amazing to see how easily it grows from there.
0: And is this something that you all help your clients do?
1: Do you provide full turnkey systems with podcasting? We do now. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, at first I was, uh, I think I was pulled kicking and screaming to that, but we had clients that we were consulting with and teaching how to do this. And they kept coming back to us and saying, this is really great. It's really great, but I'm having trouble finding the right people, um, you know, I need, cause you need really need about five different types of people to make this work. Um, if you really want to do it well, um, we, we teach our clients to create kind of a wow experience before the the interview. So we actually send a box out with a gift in it and and some branded, uh, materials that answer kind of frequently asked questions and all that sort of thing in the mail. Um, so they'd have trouble with a mail house or this or that. And they I finally had a client say, look, could you just do this for me? And I finally said, okay, we'll do it. And uh, and so for about the last two years now, in addition to teaching them how to do it, we have been implementing that for them. And and basically, we took all of the processes that we've used to build our podcast and, and the team that has built it, and we've grown the team since then, but that's what drives all of this that we do for our clients, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's amazing when you as a business owner start doing something, especially if you're working in an agency setting, um, like both you and I are as you start doing something and you master it and you really start figuring it out and you make all the thousand and one mistakes that we all make, right? Cause that's what we're really good at doing when you're learning something, how many people come knocking on your door and we've had the same thing happen with, you know, can you do podcasts? Can you write blogs for us? Can you create this type of content? And it does open your doors as a business owner to see how things that you're doing that are really valuable for yourself, are actually a new potential sales tool that you can give to someone else.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So you said that there are five key individuals that you think someone would need on their team. They're not hiring your agency or someone else. Mm -hmm. Who are those five? Like who would actually devise and help someone master this?
1: So first and foremost, you need somebody who can help you with strategy because there's some strategy to making this work as a sales tool. Uh, The big mistake people make with podcasts is assuming that the money is in the audience. And there is money in the audience, and we can talk about where that can come from. Um, But for the vast majority of podcasts, you're not going to have a million listeners. And it's going to be very difficult to monetize it through the audience and get business results. The business results come through the relationship that you have with the people you interview. So you need somebody that that can help kind of devise that strategy and identify the right people to interview. Then the second thing that you need is an audio editor. Uh, and they're generally relatively easy to find. Uh, but you need an audio editor, if you're going to do video, which we actually don't recommend, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed that you're doing video. Um, but for most of our clients, we don't recommend that just because it adds an extra layer of complication. More for the guests than for the, the client. Yeah. But... Um, You need an audio editor. If you're going to do video, you need a video editor. Uh, You need someone who can run your social media. And one of the great things about it is you do a podcast, you get a transcription of the interview. All of a sudden you have all of these tweets already written for you, but you need somebody that has a little bit of discernment who can go in and pull that out, get them all loaded up in your social media accounts, uh, both, you know, in Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and wherever else you want to be. You need a graphic designer because for each episode, you're probably going to want to put together a, uh, a graphics package that you share with the guest. And then finally you're going to need a copywriter because as great as these interviews are, if you want people to really go and listen to them, you're going to send out an email and that email needs to have some really compelling copy that's going to get somebody to click and go listen to the interview. And so at a minimum, those are the, the people that you need. And of course your host. You do need a host, yes, but we're, you know, we assume that the, whoever is the face of the business is way to do that. Now, if you're in a bigger business, um, it doesn't have to be the CEO, you know, it, it could be some people from your marketing team, and there are lots of examples in larger brands where they do that, uh, but if you're a smaller business, and uh, you as the business owner are the face, then you really want it to be you.
0: That makes sense, and you know, you made a comment the other, a moment ago about, you know, y'all don't use video and I, I'm just going to jump in and say one thing. So I did, gosh, over a hundred audio podcasts, like solo casts, just on my own. And I got tired of listening to myself. And quite frankly, <laughs> all of them were, you know, like how to do things that we do right. cross influencer marketing and product placement and integration, celebrity endorsements, then activations. And quite frankly, I had no idea I could come up with a hundred, but I did. I managed to do that, which was a big win But I got tired of listening to myself speak, and it was a little lonely, and I I branched out into doing the interview portion, and I approached it originally the same way, where we were doing audio, and when I was doing it by myself, I was very critical of making sure that our editor got all the ums, ohs, ahs, and bleeps out of there. And realized that as we were doing more and more podcasts, and we were doing, and we were doubling it, we started with one a week. Now we do two a week. That the editing time to try to go in there and clear out all those ahs, os, and ums that no one else cares about besides me mm-hmm. would go away if
1: we did video. Because so you Can't we, do it, right?
0: You can't do it. You look really strange on video. If <laughs> you know every like split screen, you're like taking out someone's ums uh, nonstop. So that actually allowed us to do a cost savings a bit on our editing and our time that we were spending on doing podcasting. And then it also gave us this whole new level of content with video that we could repurpose and use in a different way than we had when we were approaching it from audio. And, you know, I think we're like maybe 50 or 60 interviews into doing video now. And in most cases, people have been able to figure out on the other end, how to do the video. Sometimes we've had people use their phones. It's worked. It's just a different, you know, perspective, little tall and long and thin, but but it's worked. And so it's been really cool to see how this has evolved. And it's also doing video has made me a little bit, if you've been listening to our podcast since the beginning, I'm a lot more relaxed when things happen now. Like when beams of sun come down from my skylight that I never knew could actually shoot down lights and light me up on screen or dogs are barking or lawnmowers are going, or someone's dropping something off at the office. So as a business owner, if you want to try to like vibe out and relax a little, I would strongly encourage video because it makes you do it.
1: That's really interesting. Um, We, we've avoided it just Mm -hmm. because of the guests really. So -hmm. we can get our clients prepared to do video. That's not the issue. Um, But oftentimes they are interviewing people that wouldn't normally appear on a podcast. They're generally not marketing people, um, but they're business owners. And we have even found that in, in some cases, some are actually reluctant to get on on the phone and we've, we've sort of simplified it for them. So worst case, if they can dial a telephone, they can be on the interview. Um, if they can be on a computer with a microphone, great. That'll be even better. But we've sort of, stair stepped it down and, and I found that to be really effective. So I'm I'm glad you're having success with video may make us go back and, and test some more.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's different. And I also, what I like about it, and I know this is totally a tangent for everyone, but what I like about it is just being able to look at you when I'm talking with you right now. And I think it makes that connection just a little bit deeper than just doing it through audio. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So absolutely. You, get
0: to, you get to see the eyebrows raise of the, what is did she <laughs> ask? <laughs> the exactly. start expressions coming across my computer screen. So, you also mentioned a moment ago monetization. So, hmm. how do you suggest? I mean, obviously, you know, the podcasting to get new clients, you know, you're interviewing someone, hopefully they come on board as a client, or you find ways to work with each other, or they expand your world, you expand their world, you both reap the benefits of it. Everyone's now a, a bajillionaire. But until that happens, what are other ways that you can monetize? And that, by the way, is the negative of videos because it takes up more bandwidth, so you can freeze out a little bit. So there you <laughs> have a negative. <laughs> but what are some of the other ways that you can monetize with ponitas? So if someone um, is working with this.
1: Yeah, so the the ways that most people kind of initially think of they're still available to you. So things like sponsorships, you, you know, if you listen to podcasts, you've undoubtedly heard podcasts that run commercials and those are sponsorships. And sometimes, you know, people will sponsor for a season or a set number of episodes or, or uh, you know, they'll, they'll do it for some period of time. That's a way to do it. Um, you know, there are, and there are some podcast networks where there's some monetization by them placing Commercials and sponsorships just randomly across all of the podcasts in the network, so you may not necessarily know who's advertising, you know, from week to week because they're dynamically inserted. Those things are all available, but they tend to only become available when you have a really high number of downloads, and um, and so I always feel like, you know, in, until you're at a point where you're getting. 10,000 downloads or 20,000 downloads or 50,000 downloads, probably more realistically per episode in the first 90 days, that your better bet is to be your own podcast sponsor. Because when your business is the sponsor of the podcast, you get all the commercial time, you get to build all the relationships with the guests. uh, and, And people are driven who are listening to it are driven to, the, the next step offer that makes the most sense for you and for your business. So rather than diluting the, the impact of it and sending people off to someone else who may have paid you a few dollars, uh, and it re- really is a few dollars, unless you have a massive, massive audience, it's tough to make a ton of money that way. Uh, but if you're selling anything, particularly at a high ticket, you know more than a few thousand dollars for a new client every time they do business with you, um, it's a fantastic way to begin to build up even a small audience and then have those people show up and listen to you week after week after week. Or if you do multiple times a week, listen to you then. I had a prospect on a sales call was um, talking with us about being a client and he had gone on a business trip in his car. And he said, before he went, he loaded up our podcast and it was like a five hour trip each way. So I get to spend 10 hours in the car with this prospect how else could I've ever spent 10 hours in the car with this prospect? He's listening to me the whole way there, the whole way back. And all that time selling himself on me because ultimately he's buying me. I'm the face of the business. Yeah, we got a team and all that, but first he's got to buy and trust me. And that gave him the opportunity to do that over the course of 10 hours. Uh, To me, that's a really powerful lever in a business. Uh, Particularly if you're selling to a, a business audience, Podcast listenership tends to skew towards uh, towards people in business and tends to skew towards a, a more affluent audience. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting in front of good people, typically, who have money, who can buy things, and you're getting the opportunity to spend a lot of time with them. It is a medium where people actually do have an attention span because they're able to do it in multitask, and that's okay. So they can do it and drive. They can do it and, you know, be working out at the gym. I mean, I go to the gym five days a week and three of those days when I'm just on a cardio machine, I'm listening to a podcast usually. Uh, and so, you know, it's a great way to access that audience during time that that otherwise would be wasted for them. Uh, so it's value to them and it, it's a great opportunity for you.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on getting to the gym five days a week. That is Awesome. And not so easy always to do.
1: No, not easy.
0: <laughs> so, and, you know, what you brought up as far as, you know, building your own um, relationship with your listener, you know, that was something that I started on. The reason why I actually started writing blogs is I would find myself trying to explain something to a client. And this turned into podcasts eventually as well, where I would then, Walk away from the call and say, Oh my gosh, there's so much more that they need to know. There's so much more I'd like to be able to tell them. And they're not going to want to sit here and just listen to me droning on and on and on necessarily. And how can I have them do so? And so I would write a blog and I would. Send it to them afterwards and just say, oh, you know, by the way, happened to write this blog that I thought you would like. I mean, in the early days, right. I backdated these blogs. So it's like, oh, no, I already did this for you. It's not that you and your, like, craziness caused me to actually write this <laughs> blog, right?
1: <laughs> right.
0: No, no, no. Not all. This isn't about you. This is – lots of people have this issue. And I, I moved that into – that's how I started doing the solo uh, podcasts – because I took some of those ideas and then I moved over to doing podcasts when I had the same issue with a client. And now I'm able to use all of those podcasts. And and I still do solo podcasts as well as um, the interview podcasts where it's become a fantastic business follow-up tool. So when I have an interesting speaker on, that's on a topic, and we both talk about influencer marketing, or we talk about um, branded content or podcasting, whatever it might be that makes sense to what the client is interested in buying for me as well, I can send them that link for them to listen to later on. And so just like you said, you know, someone sitting in their car driving for 10 hours round trip listening to you, having some at their desk later on, it is an incredible value proposition that you can offer in a marketing tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it works if you're doing the primary selling, it works if you've got a sales team, yeah. you know, with one of our clients, um, they've got a sales team that is constantly looking for, they call them gives. How can I have a little inf- a little piece of information that I can give to a prospect or give to a client to help further the relationship. Um, and they have this insatiable appetite for that as most sales teams do. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to create that content really, really quickly because with a podcast. If you've got somebody that's knowledgeable on a particular topic and in your business, you do, of course, you know, you're an expert at whatever you do and you can sit down with nothing more than an outline on the back of a napkin and you can put together a fantastic podcast because you're an expert at it. Whereas if you went to write it, it would probably take you hours. You'd have to have it edited. It then get published, You'd go through all of this craziness. And to me, this is the shortcut. Start with the audio, or in your case, start with a video. Whichever. Right? And uh, and and from there, everything else can get created. So that article will ultimately get created, but it'll come from the transcript of what you said. So oftentimes what we'll do is, uh, you know, occasionally we'll do a solo episode where I'll go on and I'll talk about a topic. And It's a fantastic way to work through. I talked about the four roles earlier, and one of them is messaging. It's a really fantastic way to work through your messaging. Because the more times you say something and you sort of see what the market reacts to, you know, you send out that podcast and you see, do I get any response back from that? It allows you to test and tweak that message in a really rapid way. And, um, and really hone that in. And then when you get one that's good, you take that transcript, you hand that off to a writer to clean it up and turn it into an article that's in your voice because you said it. And now you've got a really great article right along with it that all started from a simple little outline that you just spoke. And uh, it's just a, a fantastic medium. And
0: then you can take it even further since I am that whole content. Reporter,
1: Absolutely. You know more about that than I do. Right? Sure. You yeah. can
0: take it where either an ebook and an actual book, you could mm-hmm. take several of your interviews or your own solo casts and you can publish that. You can, um, break it down into infographics. You can break it down into, um, Animated videos. If you don't want to do a video, but you want to have, and you have this awesome voiceover and you have little bits of it, you can get someone to use Powtoons or different types of animated software out there and actually create something that's like a cool thing for your website to use. I mean, there's just so many things and directions that you can go once you've started and created the content.
1: Absolutely. The hard part is getting the ideas out. Once you've done that, it can be used in so many ways.
0: And talking is an easy way to get ideas out.
1: It is. It is. Somebody said it once. They never knew anybody that had talker's block.
0: That is a very good way of saying that. That is awesome. So are there any other recommendations you would take our listeners through today on what they should be doing to get out there? You know, we focus primarily on podcasting, and that's great. Uh, But is there anything else you can think of even within that world that would be a good takeaway?
1: Well, I, you know, I think, again, the big takeaway is is really get focused in on, on who you want to be in front of and be really strategic about um, about who you want to build relationship with. Um, to me, that's the foundation of everything. And I know we talked a little bit about the at the beginning, but I really want to kind of reiterate that it's an important piece of this puzzle. Podcasting is cool and it's, you know it's kind of the hip thing right now. Um, it'll, I think it'll be around for a long time. I think it will outlast a lot of other mediums because it really is just an extension of, of radio. We've been doing audio for a long time. We have been doing video for a long time. I don't think it's going away. Um, I always like to build my marketing and my business around things that are timeless. You know, um, it's, it's not that I don't like running ads on Facebook or Google or all that, but Whatever you did today is guaranteed to be different seven days from now. Um, and so with tools like this, it's it's a, a, a medium where it's changing, but it's changing more slowly. The things that you do today are not going to be all that different than the things that you do in this medium 10 years from now. And uh, And to me, that really simplifies how you do business development. You don't have to continually learn the latest and greatest new thing, but you can be consistent and you can actually master something. And so I think if you start with the right foundation, be really strategic about those relationships and pick a medium, whether it's podcasting or something else that you can truly master. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making in business is they dabble. You know, they do a little bit of marketing over here and don't really get good at it. And then they read the next article, you know, on Medium and they do a little bit of marketing over here on something else. And then they do a little bit over here and they never really get good at any of it and they never get really any results out of any of it. And so whether you do a podcast or anything else, pick something, figure out how to master it, be strategic about the relationships you try and create through that medium because that's the point of it. And if you do that, you're going to have success. It's inevitable.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think what you were saying about podcasting, what's so great about it is it's evergreen. It's not like an ad that you're putting out there. Well, you may actually advertise your podcast, not saying that, Mm -hmm. but you are investing time and money in something that is content. That's going to keep on giving and it's into perpetuity. It, you know, five years from now, this is still going to be relevant with whomever you're talking about and different ideas. And maybe if you're talking to someone about you know, the best way to roll out Instagram, it will have changed by then. But there's so many marketing topics and there's so many businesses that are going to be evergreen as well. The conversations are going to be there that it makes it where you really have a long life of content versus just something that you're pouring money into that is going to be a blip.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So Steve, if people want to learn more about you and what do they need to do, where do they need to go and how can they find out more?
1: Sure. So we've put together a page just for your listeners. And on that page, we've got some free stuff. So um, I wrote a book last year called the exponential network strategy, which actually describes uh, in detail, a lot of what we've gone through uh, today about how we use podcasts to connect with influencers and with potential clients, um, talks about some of the processes that we use. And um, normally that sells on Amazon for $10. Um, but for your listeners, they can go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net/slash marketing mistakes, and they can get it for free in ebook and in audiobook format. Um, I'm a big fan of audiobooks again, because I'm at the gym a lot. So we wanted to make that available. Um, And uh, also there, they can, uh, we've got a, if they prefer to watch a presentation, uh, there's a recording of a presentation that I gave last month that talks about, again, gets into the details of of how we do a lot of the things that we talked about today, um, a little bit more than what we had time for today. So they can watch that there. And if they'd love to, you know, if, if they'd like to talk to me, I'd love to talk with them. And there's a link on there where they can book some time and we can have a conversation.
0: Well, that is absolutely awesome of you. Thank you so much for giving that to all of our listeners today. And I know I'm going to go and check that out too. So Steve, thank you for your time. And all of our listeners, you know, thank you for tuning in to marketing mistakes and how to avoid them. And I'll speak with you all on our next podcast.